Welcome to the Talking Security Podcast. We will talk about items related to Microsoft security. Welcome at a new episode of Talking Security. I'm your host, Frans Arunderup, and today I have Pavel Patika on the show. He's one of the CXE program managers responsible for Office 365 Advanced Threat Protection. Pavel, what is that exactly? Yeah, so uh, I work for Microsoft as a senior program manager in Office 365 Advanced Threat Protection, a customer experience engineering team. So this team is responsible for uh, working with strategic customers on adoption and deployment of Office 365 ATP. Uh, we help uh, operationalize host bridge capabilities as well as configure Office 365 ATP in the most optimal way. And of course, the product Office 365 ATP is uh, Microsoft's secure mail gateway that we provide as part of uh, Microsoft Threat Protection. So my typical day means talking to the security analysts, uh, understanding how they uh, work, how their processes look like, and help them leverage Office 365 ATP, also sometimes MTP capabilities uh, in their use cases, uh, processes. So we are very customer focused when we make decisions about the development of Office 365 ATP. Hence, the the feedback uh, is very important to us. So my responsibility is also to collect feedback from the customers and be the customer's voice uh, when we make uh, next uh, development decisions. Yeah, and on your Twitter profile, I saw that you're a sports guy. What are you doing? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so I'm the uh, passionate cyclist and also like swimming. So actually every year almost I, I would swap between cycling and, and swimming. Since I live in Switzerland, so this is a perfect country for the outdoor activities. Uh, so I enjoy cycling in the mountains, but also there's plenty full of uh, beautiful lakes that you can swim in and you know enjoy yourself. So just to have the uh, like a disconnection from the IT world. And this is where I go to just disconnect and relax. Sometimes you have to disconnect work and then you're bicycling and swimming. Great. You're almost eight and a half years at Microsoft. How was the road becoming where you're now? Was it always your dream to be in a security active at Microsoft? Mm, good question. So I started as an exchange engineer. So I was working on exchange on-premises topics. So it was eight and a half years ago. So Office 365 wasn't very uh, popular, I would say. And then over the time, I moved on and switched my interest towards Office 365. I was helping with migrations to Exchange Online and also usage of other Office 365 workloads. And customers that I was working with, after they finished the migration to the cloud, they realized that maybe now it's time to configure some security around the Office 365 workloads. So just deploy MFA, maybe deploy Office 365 ATP and other security products that Microsoft also started to provide. So also my interest started shifting towards uh, cybersecurity and especially the security that we provide for the cloud workloads in Office 365 primarily. So this is how I started focusing more and more on Office 365 ATP. And then one year ago, approximately, I joined the customer experience engineering team, which is part of the product group responsible for the development of Office 365 ATP. Yeah, great. You're coming as an an email administrator. So email and email security is an important thing. Why is that important? Right, yes. So email is still very important to secure. 
there is still a lot of cybersecurity attacks that are initiated using email. And the reason for that is that email allows an adversary to get into the organization via human being. So who through um, social engineering is enticed to open malicious attachment or click on the link. So the goal of the secure email gateway is to distinguish bad emails from good emails and prevent users access to any malicious payloads as much as possible. Yeah, and if we look at email security, Office ATP, uh, Office ATP is one of the Microsoft Web Protection solutions, the MTP solutions. How does Office ATP fit in MTP and how is it integrated in other products? Yes, so Office 365 ATP is one of the pillars of Microsoft Threat Protection solution. And so basically as customers face this cross-domain attacks, that start maybe with phishing email and then they lead to endpoint and identity compromise. So Microsoft Protection looks across these domains to understand the entire chain of events and identify affected users, endpoints, mailboxes, applications. So Office 365 ATP provides signals such as, for example, potentially compromised credentials, click on the malicious URL, or information on emails that were removed after being delivered. So the goal of Microsoft Threat Protection is to provide a broader perspective on these events or alerts, which otherwise, when they were investigated in isolation, might be missed by the Security Operations Center. Yeah, and in the past, I have spoken to people working on Azure Sentinel and with MTP that can be exposed and connected to Azure Sentinel. So with that, we have an extra broader use with also on-prem firewalls, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. If we look into Office ATP, it's not only email security. My thoughts, there are also parts for SharePoint Teams. What's that doing? Yes, absolutely. And not only SharePoint and Teams, but also Office itself, so Office Pro Plus. So for SharePoint, we provide detonation of files being uploaded to SharePoint. So imagine a situation when there is a user that is compromised and now the attacker through lateral movement wants to infect and compromise more users in the organization. So what he can do, he can just upload the zero-day malware to the internal SharePoint site and then share it with uh, maybe internal users, but also share it with external users. So this is where Office 365 ATP can step in and take that file and detonate it. So it means execute it in the sandbox, secure, isolated environment that Microsoft provides and determine if that file that was uploaded is secure or actually maybe it behaves illicitly. So maybe it's malicious malware that was uploaded and therefore access to this file should be blocked. For Teams, we are preparing to roll out of ATP safe links for Microsoft Teams, which means that when there is a link sent using Teams channel conversation or in one-to-one chat, before you click on the link, it will be verified against most up-to-date reputation about that link. So is that link really safe? For in Office, we provide security inside of the Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and Visual. So when there is a link embedded into the Word document or in Excel, we will also check the reputation of that link when you click on it. And the same applies. Actually, this is a pretty new feature that we released in July. Office Online also provides that capability. So when you click on a link from Office Online, ATP Savings will automatically also check the reputation of that link when you click on it. So we are extending the coverage that Office 365 ATP provides more and more. 
And the Save Links feature, is that more or less the same as the Smart Screen feature that's delivered in Windows? <laughs> that's a good question. In the principle, yes. So the goal is the same, to provide protection at the time of click against being exposed to some malicious payload credential harvesting sites or some malware. However, ATP Safe Links also provides protection at the time of delivery of the email. And it also applies to when the link is embedded into the attachment, such as Wordex or PowerPoint. So what ATP Savings will do, it will take the URL from the email body or from the attachment, and it will just browse to that site to verify that the site is indeed secure and there is no malicious content behind that site. But of course, what can happen when the email is delivered, there might be a change on that site, such as the previously benign website would now point to something harmful. So the goal of the ATP savings is actually to, again, verify if that site is secure uh, when you click on the link. So this is something that we have uh, as an advantage over a smart screen because we can detonate the site uh, when you click on when the email is delivered. So detonate meaning browse to that site. Uh, of course, smart screen is still useful because if you, for any reason, are not protected with ATP settings in some of these scenarios, for example, if the link is in PDF and we don't trap yet links in PDF, when you click on it, then smart screen can actually protect you. So it's like a defense in depth approach. I wouldn't resign from smart screen because I have ATP settings and vice versa. Clear, clear. Thank you. If we look into Office ATP and uh, mainly for email security, one of the features is anti spoofing. What is that and what can we do with it? All right, yes, anti-spoofing. So it's also called spoof intelligence. It's a capability available even in Exchange Online Protection that performs SPF and DMARC analysis of incoming emails. So the goal is to determine if incoming email is coming from the server that is authorized to send on behalf of a particular domain. The problem, however, is that only around 20% of Fortune 500 organizations have DMARC configured in enforced mode, meaning that they want to block an email if there is a DMARC failure. So our goal with anti-spoof protection is to intelligently identify if incoming mail is spoof or not. And we use various DNS queries, and we also rely on the previous reputation of the sender to determine if a message is a spoof attempt or not. It's also important to distinguish between spoof and impersonation. Spoof is when there is an exact match on a domain. So someone really sent, trying to send an email from Microsoft.com domain in the from address versus uh, impersonation where uh, attacker would in that case actually uh, use something similarly looking to Microsoft.com. Through the substitution, an adversary can register a domain that looks like Microsoft.com but actually, and configure SPF, DMARC, all these techniques on that domain. So spoof check would pass, but then we provide impersonation protection just to detect these types of social engineering attacks as well. And impersonation, is that only for domain or also on the user side? So display name or email address? Yes, great question. So impersonation is not only about domain, but also about the user impersonation. So as you know, the from address that you see in the mail client consists of a display name, so typically first name, last name, or last name, first name, and then followed by email address. And we actually also look for impersonation attempts of the display name. So we have built an algorithm that is detecting 
when there is an impersonation attempt by comparing your users in your contract graph that you have previously interacted with and that we learned that you know versus the incoming email that is now sent to you. So imagine a situation that I receive an email from you and I reply to you and we have a conversation back and forth. So you will land in my contact graph. If now someone tries to impersonate you by registering a mailbox with your name on Gmail or Yahoo and sends me an email trying to impersonate you, thanks to mailbox intelligence-based impersonation protection, this email will be flagged as impersonation because we know that I know you, but now there's an email coming from a completely different email address and therefore it is something suspicious. There is also a possibility to define up to 60 display names and email addresses that you always want to protect against being impersonated. But you can, as I already described, extend that with this mailbox intelligence-based impersonation protection almost infinitely. So basically, we will learn who you know based on your interactions, based on contact graph interface, and based on that, we would protect you against impersonation of those senders that we know you should trust and obey. Yeah, and if we set up impersonation, you already said it, for a max of 60 accounts from 60 users. That's basically most important for the VIPs in your environment, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. So these 60 senders that should be protected against being impersonated should be selected from people or even also shared mailboxes uh, that your user base would uh, trust and would obey, let's say, the orders from the email. So if there is a CIO sending an email, so typically you will open it and read it, and there are some instructions, you would follow them. So this is something that attackers try to recognize by doing some research before the attack, and they can try to impersonate those individuals that they hope users would trust. So the goal of the impersonation and the 60 statically defined entries is to protect or your user base from this impersonation attempts. Yeah, and if we look at some configuration from the team, Camera, one of your colleagues has created the Office ATP recommended configuration analyzer, the Orca tool. What does the tool and how does it help implementations? Yes, thank you for asking. So Orca, uh, Office 365 ATP recommended configuration analyzer is basically a PowerShell module that you can install and quickly with a single command run uh, evaluation of your current Exchange Online Protection and Office 365 ATP configuration against Microsoft best practices. So we also published last year an article describing how each of the settings in EOP and ATP protection stack should be configured. What is Microsoft recommendation? So Orca is basically comparing your current configuration with these best practices. Yeah, and I really thank you and the team for doing the effort delivering that best practices because that's helping customers and our consultants to implement Office ATP, but also exchange online protection and customer environments. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. What about security awareness? Is that something part of Office ATP? Yes, so Office 365 ATP plan 2 includes attack simulator. So before email reaches users' mailbox, it is scanned by various layers of protection provided by EOP and Office 365 ATP. But what if email manages to sneak in? What line of defense do we still have? So of course, this is the user, the last line of defense. So the goal of attack simulator is to educate users on how to recognize phishing attempts. 
So attack simulator basically allows to run realistic attack scenarios in the organization, which can help user base to identify and find users that are vulnerable to the attacks. There's also a lot of improvements uh, coming to Attack Simulator that are important to mention, I think. So we will shortly start private preview program for Attack Simulator. Uh, it should kick off in August. And the public preview is planned for September and October uh, timeframe. So I'm super excited because there is a ton of interesting capabilities coming to Attack Simulator. Uh, we are already working with our design partners to decide which of them should be incorporated first and which should be maybe released in the second wave of updates, but you can expect a lot of goodness coming to Attack Simulator. Uh, looking forward to help on that, because nowadays uh, we're using other tools for that, and if it can be incorporated into the Office ATP project, uh, that really helps getting the security awareness more and more active in customer environments. Regarding security awareness, within Exchange Online, it's possible to add some warnings in the subject or to have an HTML banner on top of an email. In the past, we have tested that sort of options within our company, within customers, uh, but that gives a lot of discussion. What's your view on using that sort of warnings in mail coming from external? Yeah, so there's a lot of debate on this topic, and I see a lot of customers have uh, rules implemented that uh, add a banner on top of the message or uh, maybe a prefix to the subject informing that an email is coming from external sender. Um, yes, and this is absolutely possible with exchange transport rules. And uh, we have internal debate also whether we should provide an out-of-the-box capability instead of using transport rules. Maybe there should be an option to do that natively in the product. I can say, and probably you also recognize that when you exchange some emails with me, that we also use it at Microsoft. So we prepare the subject with an external flag. So I think this is helpful. But my personal opinion is that uh, it is usually helpful at the beginning. So immediately when it was implemented, I could recognize, okay, this email is external, but now I am getting used to that and I don't pay so much attention to it. So it might be the problem that users are getting tired and there's a fatigue basically with this feature over the time. Basically what we're saying is the things are coming both. So doing one is not doing the other thing. So we have to do multiple steps to get users aware of. Yes, absolutely. So we also provide a safety tips capability. For example, we talked about this impersonation attempts, right? So one of the detection actions that can be configured is actually maybe you don't want to block the email yet. Maybe you only want to append this banner informing end user that this email seems like an impersonation attempt. Right? So this is a safety tip capability. Another important capability related to the awareness and visual cues is something that Office provides together with ATP safe links. So when you hover over the link, since sometime, even though the link is under the hood wrapped by ATP safe links to provide a time of click protection, the link is rendered by Office, by Outlook, and there's an original, original URL shown to you. Right? You will see the original URL not wrapped when you hover over the link, even though it's wrapped under the hood. So the goal, of course, here is for users to better recognize the URLs, so, uh, so the, the links that are in the email. So part of the security training and many customers educate users to verify the URL before they click on the, on the link. So with this new capability in Office, in Outlook, 
now users have better chances to recognize the original URL without uh, you know, decoding the wrapped URL that was the case in the past. Yeah. And if malicious email is getting into a user's mailbox, the user can report it as malicious or as spam. So emails can be reviewed for analysis afterwards. If a user is reporting that email uh, back to Microsoft, what is the Office ATP environment or the product team doing with that? Submissions? Yes, so submissions are very important to us. So they help us train our machine learning models and also adjust the rules that are blocking some emails. We, of course, need to distinguish between uh, legitimate submissions and an attacker trying to pollute uh, our machine learning and maybe pollute our rules that we have in place. But also what Office 365 ATP P2 provides to the customers as extension to the submissions is the automated playbook that is triggered when users submit an email to Microsoft using our report message add-in that you can use in Outlook, in OVA, and also Outlook on iOS and Android. So when the email is submitted by the user, what happens is that we will look for, we'll take that email that was submitted and we will look for similar emails in the environment. So the goal is here, okay, maybe one user reported that message, but we need to understand who else received the same message. Maybe there was a campaign and only one user reported it so far. And therefore, we will look for similar emails based on different criteria, such as similarity of the URL in that message that was reported, subject, sending IP, sending domain, and the body fingerprint. And we will cluster these messages together if we find more than one for the security analyst to quickly remove these messages from the environment, provided, of course, that our verdict on that message is fish or malware. So then if there's indeed a malicious payload in that message, security analysts can quickly remove all other instances of that message. But we don't stop there because what can happen is that the user that reported that message might have clicked before submitting that message on the link from that email. And then he realized, he or she realized that, oh, actually the link in that message is pointing to some suspiciously looking website. So it's better now I report it. So this is the moment when the investigation can also bring these signals about the clicks. And it will also analyze the user that submitted the message, whether there are any indicators of compromise on that user, such as Maybe there is a suspiciously looking forwarding rule already implemented on that account. Maybe there are some suspicious uh, signing processes that Microsoft Laptop Security will report on. Maybe there are some DLP violations. Maybe this user now sends more emails than typically. So all that is what automated investigation will do because user reported an email to Microsoft. So this is what is part of Office 365 ATP automated investigation and response. Is that zero auto purge? Is that one of the things is doing by automatic investigation? Yes, good question. I think it requires some explanation. So zero hour auto purge is the situation when we change the verdict on the URL or on the file that was attached to an email after it was delivered. So imagine a situation when there is a, a link sent in the message body and the email is delivered, but later on the link is weaponized. We recognize that this is a bad URL. And now we want to remove the, all the emails uh, from all the customers' mailboxes uh, because we know there is a bad URL in that message. So this is what Zap will do. And as a result of that Zap event, we will also start the investigation. 
And the goal of that investigation is to identify if there are any emails that couldn't be removed by Zap. Zap is right now, uh, can be overridden by the whitelisting rules. So if there is a tenant or, or user override rule, Zap would not succeed. And also we want to, again, investigate the users for which we zap some emails because maybe these users managed to click on the links before we zap the message. So again, these investigations would uh, look at that. If coming back to the previous scenario where users submitted an email and maybe it was a miss from our side, but when users submitted it, we redetonated the URL from that message and we changed the verdict on that uh, URL. That can also happen. And then it would trigger Zap. So it would now we will start automatically deleting these messages. But again, there might be a situation where the Zap wouldn't be able to do that because there was an override. So Zap and investigations go side by side. So they collaborate and work together. Zap has also a limited observation window. So it can only go back up to 48 hours. It will not delete emails older than that. Hence, uh, investigations, when they look for similar messages, they look, I think, seven days back, and therefore you can delete emails that are much older as well. Okay, and if we have with the auto-investigation, but also if a user has submitted emails, a malicious email or phishing email can be automatically deleted uh, in users' mailboxes so that the environment is protected with that. Right, yes. So I would say submissions and and ZAP are working together. Both trigger investigations. They trigger different playbooks. But actually part of MTP, Microsoft Threat Protection Incidents, and I would highly encourage to enable MTP, even if you are having only one workload, just Office 365 ATP, you will benefit from incidents and advanced hunting capabilities. So incidents goal is actually to cluster these alerts such as ZAP and user-reported email and maybe some uh, alerts coming from MCAS into single incident entity. So security analysts have better understanding, okay, this user reported an email, but then there was a ZAP. And then maybe in the middle, there was an alert coming from MCAS saying, okay, actually this user now signing from Nigeria, right? So this is what incident would group together under one entity. Yeah, and if we look into Office ATP from an MDR or a SOC perspective, can we hunt the data that's covered in Office ATP? Yes. So there are, I would say, three ways you can hunt for data in Office 365 ATP. Let's start with the most sophisticated one, most complex to deploy, which is basically API integration. So you can export detection information to your SIEM, such as Azure Sentinel, and then hunt for that data in your SIEM and combine it with data from other sources. So management activity allows you to bring all the detection information, also alerts, also investigation data into your SIEM. The second approach, the second hunting possibility is to leverage Threat Explorer. So Threat Explorer allows you to query for all emails and all fish malware detections and also for the clicks information in your collaboration estate. This is a graphical user interface and tool. So it is good for ad hoc hunting, in my opinion, when the query is not very complex, but you need to quickly investigate the situation and remediate it. So if the query is not going to combine a lot of criteria and wildcards, I think Threat Explorer is great. It's quick, easy to use, and also provides with remediation capabilities, meaning that all the emails matching your search criteria can be moved to the deleted items, moved to or hard deleted, soft deleted, 
You can also report them to Microsoft. You can start the investigation directly from Threat Explorer. And the second one, the Threat Explorer, that can be found on protection.office.com. Yes, so Threat Explorer is available under protectionoffice.com. It provides uh, 30 days of data. And uh, the third option, advanced hunting, is available under securitymicrosoft.com. It is part of Microsoft Threat Protection. So if you enable MTP for your tenant, uh, you will get access to advanced hunting and you will be able to use uh, CUSA query language, the same that you can use for Azure Log Analytics or in Azure Sentinel. And you can query endpoints, identity, and also email data using custom query language. So for example, if you want to know if there was a file hash observed anywhere in the mail flow and also on the endpoints, this is what advanced hunting provides you with. There is also uh, user clicks information coming soon to uh, advanced hunting. Right now we can search for the email flow events and also for the post delivery events. So if you are interested in zap events that happened after email was delivered, you can also search for the music advanced hunting. Yeah, and if we look at Custo, Custo is the query language that's used to hunt, also within Sentinel and other products. You have contributed to uh, the MTP advanced uh, hunting cheat sheet from uh, your colleague Milad, uh, Milad Aslaner. What is that and why did you contribute to that? Yes, MTP advanced hunting cheat sheet is a snapshot of helpful advanced hunting custom queries that customers can uh, use uh, out of the box or just copy-paste approach as possible in their environments uh, to hunt for interesting scenarios. So we selected a couple of interesting uh, scenarios for endpoints, for office, and for identities that would help customers leverage advanced hunting. A tool which, in my opinion, is great. It's super robust and, and flexible. And that is why I also wanted to contribute to this cheat sheet, just to promote this excellent capability. Okay, I will set the URL to the GitHub of Milat in the show notes later on. So that can be found also on uh, talkingsecurity.nl as the website where we publish this podcast. Last question. If I have a customer that starts his cloud journey today, what's the most important thing to keep in mind? Which security feature? Not only Office ATP, which security feature should someone enable at first? Mm, Great question, yes. Uh, I think, in my opinion, that would be an element of multi-factor authentication, right? We cannot stress it enough. Even if attacker, through the phishing attack, manages to steal the credentials, if he has just username and password, that might not be enough for him to get access to the environment because he doesn't have the second factor authentication. There are techniques that allow to steal cookies, but to be honest, we don't see them used a lot in the wild. And therefore, MFA, multi-factor authentication, is a very powerful and easy win for the organization. I think the other one would be usage of dedicated admin account and combining that with privilege identity management. So Azure AD, privilege identity management, provides a just-in-time administration capability. So it means that you are not having a standing administrative privileges. You can only elevate your admin account when you need to perform some administrative actions for an hour or two hours, and then there is someone also that needs to approve it. So that provides uh, additional security for the uh, administrative accounts. And on top of that, of course, uh, follow all the best practices from our uh, Office 365 ATP best practices document, 
enable safety safe attachments, uh, adjust the advanced hitch threshold, and avoid whitelisting. Uh, do it if you need to do it. Do it in the most granular way possible. Do not whitelist emails from entire stack. If there is a problem with spoof, just whitelist an email from the spoof check. If there is a problem with impersonation, just add a sender to the trusted senders in the impersonation policy. Avoid IPLO list whitelisting. Avoid uh, even transport rules if this is not uh, needed. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of uh, protecting afterwards, protect your front door with your identity and multi-factor. That's a good way to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Powell, it was a pleasure to have you on our show. Thanks for being part of this. Thank you. It was a pleasure from my side as well. Okay. Thank you. And of course, I will thank you for listening to this episode. Until the next time. Bye. Bye.